one more time. We ask a, a special blessing for this Bible study this evening that something might be said or done that will make a difference in our lives. We ask a special blessing also for those of our church family and for others who uh, are, for whatever reason, uh, not able to be with us. We, we, we pray to Heavenly Father that we can come on one accord and collectively as a church family and as a fellowship in the community that we might be able to do good and do things that we had not done before. And when all is said and done and you look down and you see that we have fallen short or haven't done all of the things that we have yes, mercy on our souls, but that we might one day enter that kingdom where we can praise thy name forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Deacon Forrest. Again, good evening to all of you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And so I will uh, introduce uh, Minister Teresa Page. And before I do that, I want to just thank uh, all the clergy who was able to teach us up to now regarding this conversation, this discussion of the emotionally um, healthy church. And I think it's a fine uh, discussion to have. Good evening, good evening. Knowing that um, one, one writer said, Deacon Forrest, that it, it's not possible for a Christian uh, to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally uh, immature. And I, so I just think that's something we can really drive home if we are uh, spiritually mature and growing as Christians, uh, we ought to uh, behave emotionally in such a way. But I think conversations Amen. like this really um, helps uh, the Christian. It helps um, the leader as well. I believe strong leaders build strong communities and strong uh, communities, strong leaders build strong churches. I really believe that. I stand on that. And so at this time, I want to thank Minister uh, Page uh, for leading this evening discussion. She has been in ministry for 13 years and her um, her favorite text she shared with me is Isaiah 53, 5, his sacrifice for healing. And so we're just excited what God is doing uh, in her life. And one thing I can say about Minister Page is uh, from what I've observed, she's been faithful. And our Bible teaches us those who are faithful over a few things that he will reward us um, with many. So at this time, I will uh, mute um, everyone and together except uh, Minister Page, who will lead us um, at this time. My sister, let God lead you. And as I pray that we see him just a little clearer and feel him more deeply. And following that, we'll, we'll, we'll pray, and then we will um, open it up for um, questions. But following um, her sharing, if you have to leave us, um, uh, that's fine, too. Um, that'll be all right um, at that time. So, Sister Paige, uh, come on and lead us at this time. Amen, amen. Good evening, everyone. Um, it is a pleasure to be able to teach each and every one by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost this evening. Um, we are talking about um, the emotionally healthy church. Let us bow our heads first. 
and just let me have a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank and praise your name right now. I come before you, Lord God, seeking your guidance right now to actually to lead this Bible study on tonight, Lord. Hide me behind your veil. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that it's you that speak to me, through me, and for me, and not me myself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Um, I will be coming from Romans, the seventh chapter, starting at um, verse 21 through 25. And I'm just giving you just a little time to, if you have your Bibles with you, to, um, to come to that, to go to that book of Romans. Okay, I will start because I know we don't have much time, so I will start reading. Okay. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I am another, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? That's verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And what we're saying here is that we have no control of what our sin nature is like. So what we say here is what is sin? Sin is lawless or transgression of God's will, either by omitting to do what God's law requires or by being or by doing what is forbid. Transgressions can occur in thought, word, or deed. The law causes sin to come alive. Sin takes on active force, which climaxes the law of sin. It refers to that in man, inward man, which is soul of the sin. It is the law of sin and death. For Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Apart from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the law of sin will dominate our lives. Okay, start with verse um, 721. It tells us, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present. Mankind was created without sin, but sin entered into the human experience when Adam and Eve violated the direct command of God by eating the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. Because Adam was the head of the whole human race, his sin affected all future generations. In order to do the best you can do with your fleshly nature, you have to recognize that you have that combustible nature within you. If we fail to see our potential weakness, we are even more vulnerable to fall to them. The Bible tells us against, tells us against such an attitude, saying that if you think you are standing strong, be careful, because you may fall into that same sin. And then in Romans 22, 7.22 says, 
I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Amen. I love God's law with all my heart. We are talking about our spirit, the inward man. Our spirit is at war with our flesh. Our faith, our sinful nature is the source of the problem. You will never master sin and live a life pleasing to God on your own. Apart from God, we can do nothing. In Romans 23, 723 tells us, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The law of God after the inward man, no doubt connects with the new dynamic for service as a newness of spirit. It refers to the influence of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life to obedience and good works. Paul refers to it as the law of spirit of life, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have to recognize now that we are looking at our enemy. We know that without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We have no control over our sinful life. And we were always thought we were born in sin. And, and, and it's a part of our nature. It's a part of the flesh. And the flesh is carnal. And the flesh does not understand what the Spirit is saying. When you turn your life over to Christ, you become a new creature in Christ, and old things have passed away. But because of the flesh, we tend to yield to a sinful life. So we have to continue to look forward to the Holy Spirit, calling upon the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to help us through this flesh, through this sinful life. <coughs> Excuse me, as believers of Christ. Amen. It says in verse 24, O rich man that I am, who will deliver me? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> from this body, from this body of this death. We have to recognize that we can do nothing. Become fed up with your condition and cry for help. But you cannot control evil in your life. I simply determined to do so. We can do nothing on our own because of the fact we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. He created us and not we ourselves. We have to recognize who's in charge and who's in control. And when we recognize that God, God is in control, we can call on him for help with our sinful nature because he has the power to take away a lot of things in our life. He has the power to help us through our struggles. He has the power to move a lot of things out of our life that we don't want in our life. And if we try to do it on our own, we fail every time because we cannot do it on our own. So we have to cry for help. And we have to ask God to help us. You cannot control evil in your life by simply determined to do so. You have to come to the end of yourself and ask God for help in your struggles, because we can't do it alone, because we can do nothing without God. We are nothing without God. He is the head of our life. 
in Psalm 725, it says, Can you turn my page? Okay, excuse me. Okay, in 725 it says, Let me hear. Excuse me, my page is stuck. Okay. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. We have to recognize, we have to let our mind become one with God. And how do we do that? We do that by simply praying, calling on the Lord, asking him to be on that, the Holy Spirit to be on the inside of us, that the Holy Spirit can lead us into all truth. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can't, again, do nothing. We can't even move without the Holy Spirit. And we have to let God have his way. Because in Him we live and have our being. Our being belongs to Christ. It all belongs to Christ. But what we have to do is take the hand of help that is offered to you by Jesus Christ. Because you, because of your unique union with Christ, God will forgive you, not condemn you. When you acknowledge your failures, struggles, and broken commitment, the only way to stop sin's actions is to stop living by your sinful nature and start living by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you start living by the power of the Holy Spirit, it takes over your sinful nature on your inside, on your inner man, because we are still subject to sin. It says the Bible tells us that we all fall short of God's glory because even when we don't want to sin, it's always, it's always present. So when you realize that, hey, I'm going to do a sinful thing, we call upon the name of the Lord because that's the only way that it's going to stop. We have to continue to keep our minds focused on the things of God. He said, think on those things that are pure. Think on love. Think on how you want to live your life before God. And once you keep your mind on God, not only that, we will have his peace, we will have his blessings, and, he will, and the Holy Spirit will continue to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. We have to realize when we call on the name of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is who directs our path. He leads us in a way that we should go. And that way, we won't have to re -rely, realize on ourselves. We won't have to realize on ourselves. We won't have to um, sit back and say, I can do it because I can do nothing. We can do nothing on our own. We have to walk in the way that the Holy Spirit teaches us. It's just like Peter walking on the water. When Peter asked God to let him out of the boat to walk on the water, Jesus told him to come on. And when he stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water, he was on top of that water. But when he took his eyes off of God, he began to sink. And that's the same thing with our sinful nature. When we take our eyes off the things of God, we begin to fall into that sinful life. And we begin to do sinful things, think sinful things. And when we realize that we are doing these sinful things, it's too late. We've already done them. But the good thing about it is we can always repent. Paul said to repent daily. So we can go to God and ask for forgiveness and try not to do those same things over again. And we can press for the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, because our mind is there. So we have to keep our minds focused on the things of God. 
when you take your mind off the things of God, you sink. You begin to fall. You begin to fail at the things of God. But when your mind is on him, you can walk upright in his holy name. You can do the things that God wants you to do because he's in control. Now, as I was saying about 25, your failures and your struggles and your broken commitments, the only way to stop sinful actions is to stop living your sinful nature and start living by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, and how do we do that? We must relinquish control of your mind to the Spirit. When you do this, you will be controlled by the Holy Spirit and think about the things that please God, that please the Spirit. You will always have the potential to sin, but God has given you the power to overcome sin through the Holy Spirit. The key to drawing on his power is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And once we are obedient to the Holy Spirit, we can just about live the life that God will have us to live for him because we're all trying to make it in. And the only way that we know we are close to even making it in is relying on the Holy Spirit. It's relying on the life that God has given us when he changed our lives. We can always really rely on God to be there for us, to bring us through because he makes a way out of no way when we don't even see our way through. God has the upper hand. God has the power to do all things. He gave us his son, Jesus, who died on Calvary for the remission of our sins so that we can have another chance to live the life that he has designed for us to live, that when our time comes, we'll make it in. So what we have to do, we have to continue to focus. But remember that our sin nature is in the flesh. But keeping our mind on God will help us to move forward in him and live a less sinful life. Amen. Amen. It doesn't take me long. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, my sister. I mean, I just spoke what the Holy Spirit gave me. Well, let, let and me... That's all I could do. Well, you, you're on to something. I, I do have a question for you on the practical sense. You talked about struggles, uh, minister. Um, uh, you talked about uh, crying for help. Can can you remember a time that you called out to God, if, if you don't mind sharing with us? Oh, yes. It was uh, many a times I cried to God. Um, when I'm in a, a, a state of mind, where something is going on in my life that I know it's not right. Well, when my granddaughter was going through some things in life, I knew that I couldn't do nothing about it. I got on my knees and I called out to God because I know he's able to do it. I know he can fix any situation in my life. So I just cried for God to help me and to help me to stay strong and to bring her through. And he did just that because I believed and I trusted him to do so. See, and that's the thing we have to do. We have to, when we call, we call on the Lord and we let it go. And we, because we trust him and believe in what he wants, what he's going to do. So it's a many a time, but that's the one I can think of lately. 
when my granddaughter was going through some things in her life. And it was pretty devastating. But I called on the name of the Lord. I called out for help. And he was there. Amen. Amen. Uh, my sister, again, I think uh, you shared a whole lot. I like the piece about uh, uh, breaking through, uh, coming through, that God will help us to uh, to get through some things. You know, our discussion, the focus, the, the emotionally um, healthy church is uh, something that um, we can continue to focus on. Um, also in the 21st century, uh, it just didn't just start yesterday, but there are some things that that stay on the surface. But there, there are also some things that we need to go a little deeper and we need healing for. But I think Romans helps us really understand what Paul rather understand the two natures. And that is that salvation does not mean that God changes the old nature, but he, yeah. he cleanses and he reforms it because yeah. when we get saved, sometimes that old nature, it'll, it'll rise up and the believers old nature is just sometimes just as wicked as opposed to, to the spirit. So my point is this salvation means that God gives us a new nature and crucifies the old. Yeah. Yet, we still have the ability to sin because, but in our prayer ought to be, uh, Minister Page, that God uh, change our appetite. Not, not, not to Hollywood, but for holiness. Yeah. Because, see, as you said earlier, that, that sin nature is always there. But mm -hmm. God, in such a way, he can change um, our desire. Uh, Sister yeah. Minister Page, um, how do we, in what ways has God helped you to live, um, to live, uh, seek to live a righteous life uh, by, by his spirit, by his power? But what are some practical ways has God helped you to nudge you in, in your own faith? Could you just kind of talk about uh, your faith in that regard? Yes. Um, what we what, what he teaches and tells me, I have to read my word. First of all, it's in the word. He is the word. So I have to read my word. I have to study my word. And then I have to wait. To hear from God. I can't just rush into it. Because sometimes when we read things in his world, we don't understand. So we have to ask God for understanding. And he will give you an answer. And not only that, sometimes it takes fasting. Because sometimes you might have a stronghold that has got a hold on. You can't seem to shake that thing. Mm. And you mm. can fast. And allow God to move, your Holy Spirit to move in you to move that thing from you. Again, I said, we can do nothing on our own. And not only do we fast and we pray, we continue to fast and pray. And we continue to believe and trust God to move these things from us. And I know for a fact, it works. That's good. And not only that, and we have to have faith and we have to believe that this, that God will do this for us. 
you make a good point, and that is um, belief uh, and faith, um, newness, uh, new birth. Uh, we, we've been talking this entire month, um, everyone, about the emotionally um, healthy church. Uh, but sometimes we can be gifted, but we're not e emotionally mature to handle the mantle of the gift. So what are we saying? We're saying that that God has called each of us. He has gifted us. And, and Jesus really describes us becoming um, um, whole Christians uh, in, in new birth. I mean, picture yourself as an apple tree, but you would really like to bear peaches. Uh, you, 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 you can, you can, you can be pruned. You can be pruned. <laughs> Listen, you can be pruned, uh, uh, or someone can attach peaches, um, to your branches, but, but apples keep coming. But it, but, it, but if you want peaches, you have to dig up the apple tree and plant a peach tree. And I'm saying maybe it's time that we plant a peach tree. If that's what you desire, plant that peach tree. See, see, new roots are needed for new fruit. Let me say that again. New roots are needed for new fruit. The Bible teaches us to bear, to bear fruit. See, all we do is modify the same tree when we make resolutions and commitments, I'm saying it's time that we pray more, not just go to church, but we be consistent, yet restart, resolve to stop that which is not pleasing to God. Here it is, and I'm through here, Sister, uh, uh, Sister Page. There are some roots, we're talking about the emotionally healthy church, there are some roots in our lives need to be pulled up and a, and a new tree is needed. This is biblical. Jesus declares that only by, by direct what, intervention can you and I be changed. And sometimes, Sister Paige, we want everything around us to change, but we want to remain the same. And my yeah. prayer from, from a pastoral perspective is that I believe God requires complete change at the root. Mm -hmm. It's not based on how you feel all the time. Now, how you feel is important. But God uh, wants us to be changed at the root. Because if we change at the root, our actions will change. We will love people. <laughs> we'll demonstrate concern, and and and, and we 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 will be uh, together in times um, of despair. Here it is. The seed grows. The seed blossoms, and then it produces fruit. You can't produce fruit if the root 
if, if there's no C, absolutely. Right. So, yes. if we're going to be all that we can be in the faith, we must be able to emotionally um, handle the weight, uh, the mantle that he's called us. Because I believe that all we're talking about is a process. It, it, it don't happen overnight. But if we in the same place we was in 2019, that means we're not growing. And now if, if you watch Jesus, if you watch the apostles, they grew in the faith. And leadership is not always being the strong one. Instead, it is being the weak one who is made strong by God. <laughs> you can't do it. But 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 there is one. Sister Paige, you, you mentioned um, breaking through. You talked about keeping our eyes on God. You're talking about, uh, you said we can't match the sin. You talked about struggles. And I think Paul helps us and echoes the story of the fall. And knowing that I don't care how good you think you are. There's only one that's able to keep us from falling. And that's that's Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. Yes. Sister Paige, in, anything else? Um, in, anyone else want to chime in? Just hit, hit your phone uh, mute twice if you want to make a comment at this time. You, 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 I think you're on target and I think it really points to everyone I think it really points to um, our limitations as believers, um, as Christians um, Paul says Paul says um, I find then um, then um, a law that, that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man and then he says but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. So it tells me, uh, Deacon Forrest, it tells me that Paul is now making um, an analysis of his own mind. And that is, there's a constant struggle within the mind, not only the spirit, saints, but also within the mind. Keep this mind that was in Christ Jesus Keep this mind in you. 
but I see another law in my members warring against the law. And Sister Paige talks about the struggle. Um, what's her name? What's her name? The preacher. Uh, Joyce Meyer has a book entitled The Battlefield, The Battlefield of the Mind. Our, our greatest struggles is, is many times is in the mind. Not only the spirit, um, but there's a conflict in the mind. And if you look at so much is happening in the world today, and our nation is grieving over the, the loss of, of, of a great a great icon, uh, Kobe Bryant, um, his family, his, his daughter Gigi, and other families, the nation is mourning. And, and people are troubled, and uh, people need therapy and, and, and counseling to cope with the issues of life. And sometimes it'll do something to your mind. The greatest among us can lose our mind. Let something happen that, that, that'll challenge your faith. You begin to question, God, are you real? That's right. And so that's why we need to, to, to stay focused uh, 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 on the faith and, and, and watch God even through our limitations. I mean, listen to Sarah said, uh, I was 90 and Abraham um, as good as dead. Elijah and, and, and who was it? Jeremiah were, were prone to the bouts of depression and yet God used them. Moses was 80 years old when God set him on a task that required him to have emotional stamina to deal with people. He had a, a speech impediment, yet God qualified them. Timothy was young and in, in, in leadership, difficult passion of church in Ephesus. Divided problems in the church and conflict. And, and Paul reminds him that God is still faithful. And, and he says, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, in a sound mind. And Paul is saying that you don't have to be perfect. But there is one. There is one. And I believe, Sister Eubanks, that he felt his own sinfulness. You ever met folk act like they ain't done nothing? Y'all ever met folk like that? That they ain't done nothing wrong? They've been saved all their lives. But sometimes it's the power of the testimony. We need to share the story, church. And Paul reminds us, you can't, I can't master sin. But if we call out to him, if we keep our eyes focused on him, if we keep our faith leaning on the everlasting arms, if we look to him, the often finish of our faith, and we keep on knocking, that there's still hope in them. There's still hope. I, I'm, I'm done, uh, sister. But I think you're on to something. And it's a humbling experience. 
And I believe God wants to humble the church. Yes, that's what it is. Sister Paige. Because we, like I said, you know, we have to keep our eyes on God. Because like I said, just like Peter, if we take our eyes on God, we're going to yield to that sin. So, but as long as we keep our eyes on God, even though our sin nature is there, we have a better chance of not doing that sin. Mm. You know, Sister Page, Minister Page, uh, Minister Page, um, I can look back on my own life. And when I look at uh, limitations, when I look at um, the loss uh, and the grief, uh, I never, I, I remember hearing a preacher tell me that sometimes grief can be a gift. Uh, we, we're doing on, on the Derek Thorpe last week, the Derek Thorpe show, we talked about managing grief and how sometimes it's, it's in the loss that we're able to see um, the providence of God. We talked about on Sunday and in Sunday school how it was it was Joseph in the pit. Joseph experienced some pain, but uh, God used that to bring him glory. And sometimes we try to stuff down the pain. We stuff down the anxiety um, and the grief and the loss, and we'll try to grind it down. But we have to attend to it because I believe that grief can develop us. I believe that loss can develop us and allow us to see God in a clearer way. Anyone else? Uh, anyone else? I think y'all are on to something. <laughs> I'm going to try to be quiet, but I agree. Amen. 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 I think it's good, um, everyone, that when we find ourselves in difficult um, circumstances, 
it's all right to raise questions. Um, it's all right to, you know, uh, own your, your anxiousness, you know, own your, your anxiety. Um, it's okay to um, uh, confront that which uh, needs probing. And I think it's, it's, it takes courage, um, saints, to ask God questions. Do y'all remember um, King, King Saul um, when he found himself in, in a low place and he began to um, lose um, his mental uh, faculties? And what happened was um, he was so concerned with, with the people and he became jealous of, of, of David and the weight of leadership. Sometimes, um, this is why we need to share the responsibility of leadership because it, the, the anointing is, is heavy. And you need people to help pray and lift your hands up. See, yeah, King Saul yeah, was unaware of what was going on on the inside of him. You, you ever hear folk, they talk, they talk good, about faith, but they never really deal with the inside of what's going on with them. And they're blind to uh, their anger. Uh, they can be blind to uh, the, the hatred, how they treating folk. You ever met folk um, who they, 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 you get a good sense, they're a real good person, but they don't know how to treat folk. They, they don't know how to talk to folk. And so, um, you had King Saul, who, who, who's after David, and unlike David, we, we don't observe him um, cultivating um, this relationship. Here's my point as we wrap up. Here's my point. And this is why we, 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 we're focusing on the emotionally healthy church. Okay. Because we want to link the gospel message and emotional health. Because it's time that the church, it's time that leaders that would go beneath the surface of our lives, feel your pain, walk that right talk, that, that tightrope, and, and let's have a conversation. But if we just deny what's happening and what's going on with us, Share our stories, but we share through trust. Now, you can't share everything, but I'm saying okay. that healthy leaders, healthy churches, build strong communities. And maybe, just maybe, we're not seeing the results that we would desire to see in Christendom. It's because the church, the ecclesia, and the ecclesiastical order is we're an emotion we're an emotionally unbalanced. And I'm saying let's continue the conversation and develop healthy practices. How you do that? You listen. Stop fighting and listen to one another and fellowship. As we close here, God has called each of us to discern and 
be a hope or an encouragement, whether it's to our families, whether it's to our friends. There are a lot of people in our midst struggling with depression. They're struggling with uh, suicide. They're struggling with some substance abuse, alcohol addiction, um, grief. You know, one of the biggest things in the church is we need more pastoral counseling, more counseling. Yeah. But yes, it takes great courage to have conversations like these. And it's good, y'all. It's good that we can have the conversation. We're, we're, we're in here. I want to say that uh, my sister, I see a little clearer now. And that um, we, we, we're going uh, to struggle well. And we're going to uh, hold on to God's changing hand. Um, Amen. Um, Amen. Uh, before we pray uh, and give the benediction, um, I want to say I praise God for all of you. Um, I love you. I continue to be in prayer for the, the Ellis family. Uh, we was able to support them on today uh, in the passing of their grandmother. Um, this is a praying time, y'all. This is a praying time. And so uh, we, we're going to keep our hand to the plow. Uh, thank you, Minister Page, uh, for sharing with us tonight. Uh, thank you for all of you. Uh, we're going to stay the course. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. And uh, uh, we're going to keep our, our hand in God's hand. Uh, God bless you. And uh, uh, we're going to stay the course. Uh, let us pray. God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for um, everyone. Uh, under the sign of my voice, I thank you, God, teaching us that we can do all things through Christ Jesus, teaching us that um, Bible study, it still matters, uh, teaching us that we can grow in the faith. And God, allow us to be like that tree planted by the rivers of night. And like the old hymn when it said, pass me not, O gentle Savior. God, have your way, God. I'm thankful for the members of the First Baptist Missionary Church as we seek to come together to do the work of the ministry. I praise God for every preacher. I praise God for every deacon. I praise God for every trustee. I praise God for every choir member. I praise God for all laity. God, keep us to the cross. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us on tonight. We had about um, uh, 14 or uh, 15 participants. Thank y'all for joining us. Have a great night and God bless. All right. Y'all be the same.